Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. All right, we are still here at the National Religious Broadcasters event in Orlando. And uh, as you can see, I have a guest with me that for many of you won't need much of an introduction, but uh, musical recording artist Joshua Aaron is with us. Thank you for being here. Thank you, brother. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm honored. Yeah, man, we, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, just a short introduction to my fandom, right? I could play like a little girl here for a minute. Okay. <laughs> uh, our, uh, in our house, um, you know, having music on in the house, you know, sometimes Christian radio can, like Alexa will just like take left turns or whatever. And so what we figured out is there's like an algorithm that if we just say, play Joshua Aaron, okay. and then so like, I would say like most of the day, you know, Joshua Aaron, you know, you are playing in our house. Oh, uh, wow. In our kitchen. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. so just give you guys some background on whether or not, you know, I support, you know, <laughs> the, the music. But uh, thank you. I'm excited to have you here. I want to hear uh, more about like kind of your faith journey, right? Where you're from, how you came to the faith that, you know, you're in right now. And also, like, I know you made Aliyah, right? So, yeah. so if you would kind of just give us an idea where all, how you started. Okay. Yeah. Well, my name is Josh. I, uh, I'm the baby of five kids. My mom and dad uh, are from. Well, I was born and ra- born and raised in northeastern Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, not so far from Dunder Mifflin. That's, uh, there's a TV show called The Office. That's yeah, pretty much yeah. all we have going for us. And supposedly, <laughs> supposedly Joe, Joe Biden is from Scranton. Supposedly he lived there too. He's like five years old. Ah. And um, so they just named a highway after him. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. I think, yeah. Anyways, no comment. Uh, but I, yeah. But I, from there, my mom moved. My mom is from Israel. My dad was born and raised in that area. My mom is from Haifa, Israel. Okay. She was born in January of 1948 in Israel in Haifa. Oh, pre. Pre. State of pre state, a few months before the yeah, state of Israel. Yeah, yeah. Wow, incredible. My grandmother fled the Holocaust. Her name was Ruth Epstein uh, in the early 40s, and made it to the Promised Land, Israel. Wow. And she had her first child in Jerusalem, 1945. My uncle Micha and then moved to Haifa as things got a little rougher because here, you know, now they're about to uh, announce statehood, you know. And uh, it was a little, Haifa is the third largest city in Israel, and it was, wasn't Jerusalem, wasn't so intense. And that's where my mom was born in uh, January, and Israel was reborn in May, you know. So, but my grandmother... They were waiting for her, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but my grandmother, she had a hard life, you know, she just fled the Holocaust. You know, a handful of years later, there's the, Israel declares independence, yeah. and her brother, my great uncle, Svi Epstein, died. He's a 19-year-old boy, her brother, my grandmother's brother. Um, my grandmother was a single mother, and we don't even know the story fully, actually. But she was a single mother, and she gave up both kids up for adoption in 1948. Um, my wow. mom was adopted into an Orthodox couple's home, another Jewish home, of course. My uncle was adopted into a secular kibbutz Jewish home. He still lives in the same kibbutz, a farm, big farm community, north of Haifa, 10 minutes north of Haifa. And my mom was adopted in an Orthodox couple's home who couldn't have kids. They also fled the Holocaust, thank God, made it to the Promised Land. And long story short, my mom ended up in America through her adopted mother, brought her to America when she was 11. So uh, yeah, my mom ended up in a Jewish summer camp one summer. 
in a religious summer camp. She went to Orthodox uh, yeshiva and stuff in New York. And um, she fell in love with a Gentile, my dad, huh. at a Jewish summer camp. And uh, <laughs> it should not have happened. It's funny. I went to Temple Israel Preschool. So I mean, really? Yeah, <laughs> really? as odd as that is, yeah. All right, yeah, so they, my mom was the other, the other, flipped the other way, and my dad was just a, gra he had a summer job, work cleaning the grounds, and he, she fell in love with this. Oh, wow. My dad, my dad fell in love with this exotic Israeli, you know. Yeah. She just got her citizenship at 17, and uh, my dad is the oldest of nine kids. My mom's an only child, still doesn't even know she's adopted. She thinks that this Orthodox couple was her real parents. Wow. So my mom ended up marrying my dad, and uh, she didn't care. My dad was was a Gentile, but his, his family was Catholic, but he was a heathen at this point. He didn't sure. believe in anything. Yeah, yeah. Like a good young Catholic, you know? Yeah, like a, like a typical good young Catholic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so my mom didn't want anything to do with Christianity, but she just loved my dad. He had a nine, he was the oldest of nine children. And um, so she fell in love with his family. That's when she found out she was adopted. Because <laughs> my Orthodox grandmother was so mad that my mother would marry a Gentile. That's how she found out yeah. that, that uh, she's like, you're not mine anyways. So oh, uh, yeah. a little bit after she got married to my dad. Yeah. So, but she ended up, of course, embracing my mom. And she couldn't, my, my adopted grandmother, I know her more than my real grandmother, but she also fled the Holocaust. And she lost most of her family in the Holocaust. So, and then her husband dies in Israel. And she moved to brought my mom to America. Sure, uh, alone as a single mother. So my my adopted grandma had been through a lot. She uh, took us back, of course, my mom back right away. Yeah. So I grew up with a, a, a Catholic charismatic grandmother, my dad's side, and an Orthodox Jewish grandmother on my other side. You know. Wow. And she lived long, like 97 years old. So I grew up on Shabbat. I visited her. She'd smash the kippah. Don't you forget, you're Jewish. Your mother's Jewish. You know. Uh -huh. So I'm glad she did. So I, I, you know, the more I, I got saved at five years old, my mom got saved the year before I was born. Uh, it was Elvis Presley's music played a huge part. Elvis Aaron Presley played his, his music played ah, a big part. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then 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 she got saved. It was a messianic rabbi named Martin Chernoff, big pioneer. Is that is that Joel Chernoff? Joel, Joel, Joel Chernoff's dad. Wow. Yes. Okay. Cool. So we I always call Martin. I never met him because uh, he died when I was little. Um, he, uh, I was calling my spiritual grandfather because, you know, and Joel, I call Joel Uncle Joel. Ah. And if you don't know who Joel Chernoff is, he's the mess best Messianic. I think he's my fa he's the roots of Messianic music. Sure. You know, Paul Wilber also is too, but he's more the worship side. Joel was more of the, of our Keith Green, or he was like, he was singer-songwriter. Sure. Sang, you know, in a very Jewish uh, folk way, but modern folk way, you know, yeah. so. Joel's dad, Joel Chernoff. Lamb is the name of the band. Uh, I'd love to plug Lamb. They were my favorite uh, classic messianic band. Sure, you know. sure. Yeah. So I, I finished my story. Yeah, so my mom ended up in America. She got saved through Martin Chernoff. And then I went to America. To, I went to Israel with my mom in 1998, where my uncle, my mom's brother, had been looking for her for 50 years, 5-0. They were separated in 1948. Wow. And reunited in 1998, Israel's Jubilee year. And... Not only wow, did but yeah. it, I'm not making this up, I promise. I'm not, an evangel, I'm not a TV evangelist. Sorry, sorry I don't have TV evangelist friends. That Nothing I've been, against TV evangelists. No, no, no. I've been, I've been out with them, and I'm like, that's sort of what happened. But, uh, sorry. sorry. Makes TV for a better uh, story. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you can, it, it, so he was invited on this TV show, my uncle, 
and they actually brought my mom out to su surprise him on national television in Israel, in Tel Aviv in 1998, yeah. Wow. I just did an interview last year uh, with CBN, and they kind of, they, they put some of the clips up there as well, um, just telling that story. And it was, I was sitting in the audience, I was 20 years old, I'm 45 now, so for me, it was just, it was, it was my first time to Israel. I'd heard all my mom's stories growing up in Israel and how she missed Israel. She didn't want to leave. Her mother made her leave. Her adopted mother made her leave. Yeah. You know, her brother never left. She didn't know she had a brother wow. until about, about this time. So she reunited with him on national television. And uh, he also had five kids. My mom had five kids. Just as they looked so much alike. Yeah. And um, I en ended up, you know, after that show, just feeling this call to come back to Israel. And, I'm living in Israel now, eight, nine years total, actually, eight years consecutively as of next month, and nine years total. And um, my kids are five kids, raising my five kids there on the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. Uh, the high, their high school is on the Sea of Galilee, and across the street, the elementary school is on the Jordan River. Yeah, it's a tough life, but somebody's got to live it, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's not easy, actually, but it's okay. beautiful. It's, yeah. Living in Israel is different than visiting. It's, it's a little different. That's interesting. It's a young country, you know. So tell us a little bit about that. So you live in Israel now. What, yeah. what you've obviously lived in, in America most of your life, yeah. right? And so for almost a decade now, you, you know your way around, you know the ins sure. and outs. Like what, what is the biggest differences you would say for somebody that has come to Israel, made Aliyah, and now like what, what makes it more difficult or easier or what? Well, if you're planning to make, make, to make Aliyah, make sure you know you're supposed to make Aliyah. Yeah. Because yeah. I have seen it, it hurt families. I've heard it'll spit you out, like the land will spit you out if you're not supposed, to be, you're not supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah. It, if you're not supposed to be there. To whom the Lord calls, He equips. That's right. So if you're called, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah, you can go yeah, anywhere. Wow. That's a good point. And, but of course, you should go to Israel if you're called. And I knew I was called to go back. You know, my 19-year-old, I've got five kids. My oldest, my only daughter is in the Army now. Yeah. So you're, you give your children to the country. So, yeah. so it's a big commitment. And people are so beautiful. But the culture is a little bit more of a fighter. I don't want to say fight or flight, but you have, there's a reason why Israelis, when they come to America, they do so good in business. Yeah, Because tough. no means maybe yeah, in Israel. Yeah, yeah. You go to the Israeli consulate, like, no, we can't do that. I'm like, and I'll be like, okay. And because I'm American, I'm sure. a believer, we're supposed to show that we're believers by our love. Respect authority, you know. The guy next to me is like, how oh, dare you? No way, that's, I'm not going to take that. And then they'll argue for about 10 minutes and then like, he's getting it done. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? squeaky wheel gets the grease. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's the Middle Eastern culture where sure. And then you know you still see people arguing. This doesn't happen all the time. But yeah, yeah. I went to business school, so I, I'm, I'm more of the biz proper business practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there, they're like, oh, you say no? Tell me why you're saying no. And they'll, they'll get to the bottom of it. And that's yeah. why they do so well. You see a lot of Israeli businessmen. They're so good at negotiating. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so for me, there's just some of that cultural. Just leave the cash on the table and just say, look, either you want the cash, right, or you don't. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's my that's my that's 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 as far as I'll go on because Israel has so many beautiful things about for the sure. culture. So sure. we would be just talking about the culture. So, yeah. but my kids are raised there, so they're just. Like, my son Shuki, he's 17. He's going to the army next year. He was our shyest child. He, he wow. didn't talk much in public. Now he's like the cool dude. Yo, he's just like, uh, because you have, you're forced to, uh, well, my daughter was in kindergarten. Another boy uh, slapped her, Ooh. hit her. Yeah. So I, I told her, go back to school and tell your teacher. And, and she said, okay. So the next day she said, I asked her after school, did you tell your teacher? She said, yes. I said, what'd you say? She said, I told, I told the teacher that he hit me. And I said, what did the teacher used to say? She said, hit him back. Ah, that's <laughs> what I'm like, talking about. This is not America. Yeah, this is it's not, not America. America. And it's like, we, we, we were scattered. We were persecuted. Yeah. We're, we're, 
learn, learn to stick up for yourself. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so there's those cultural things that we've learned throughout the years. I'm still, I'm a, I'm a nicer guy. I'm a typical American too. Sure. You know, I don't yeah. want to claim that it's, I'm the nicest guy in the world. In America, we're a little bit, we have a little bit different uh, culture. Yeah. yeah, we are our own way. So, yeah, but my sure. kids have navigated it so well, and my daughter, and they still haven't lost their kindness, which is great. Praise God. And a lot of people are so kind in Israel, um, especially you know if you if you uh, if you earn their trust. Right. Um, so there's so many beautiful things, and the area we live in is, is beautiful as well. Yeah, I was just thinking the views that you guys miss. I mean, even the high school you were mentioning, you know, the yeah. Don, the Sea of Galilee. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, going to those places. I mean, I, I think people travel from all over the world just to see this, right? Yeah. And so then to live there. Oh yeah. I, I drive by. We go down the winding hills of the Galilee to drive my kids to school. I look to my right. There's the bridge. And you look to my right, there's the Yeldonitz, the famous baptism site. And oh, every wow. day, I'll just see all these white robes just getting dunked, and I'm just driving my kids to school. It's like a day, just yeah. a normal day. And my son across the street at his high school, my daughter's out of high school, he's in the Army now, he, he's like, Dad, last, like, yesterday I snuck out of class and went swimming in the lake. I'm like, that's, that's so cool, man. That's so cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. So... So wow, so I mean now living in the land of Israel for 10 years, obviously you have uh, a wildly successful recording artist career. Um, could you tell me like, is there, do you have a favorite part of, of the music and how you bring that to people? The, what is it that gets you, gets you going when it comes to that kind of stuff? Music, well, I, when I got saved, I was five years old. So the next day I started singing songs to the Lord. Like I just had these melodies. I don't think anybody would want to sing them, but I just was <laughs> making up songs to the Lord. And yeah. as I got older, I went to high school in the States, and uh, my music teacher made me start singing every special. So I'm yeah. like, oh, maybe this is something something that I have. Yeah. But the more I sang, the more I knew I, I just wanted to sing about the Lord. Yeah. It wasn't some sort of niche that I'm trying to find. I sure. just wanted to sing about the Lord. And then going to Israel at 20, uh, 20 years old, I just wanted to sing about him in his first century context. Yeah. And, um, and then being, you know, just being raised in an, a unique way that I'm around a lot of Christians and then also with this Orthodox Jewish grandmother all, yeah. you know all my, my my childhood and young adulthood so I, I God was showing me how to navigate those two worlds you know yeah and I was knew I was called to do it so moving back to Israel uh, I thought my career would go down moving to Israel because yeah. it's there's just a lot you know you kind of starting from scratch but Thank God for a little website called YouTube. Yeah, no doubt. That really helped, no you know. Doubt. That's when I started in 2009. If you notice any YouTubers that are really grew fast, it was 2009. Yeah. Although I didn't grow that fast, but but it helped starting yeah. right then. And but I went all in when I realized I went to business school. So I thought I'm gonna start studying this industry. Mm. I almost signed a record contract. It wasn't anything huge. Sure. But but I just thought I, I need to do it on my own. I need to figure this out. I need to make sure I stay. And not they would do anything wrong, but I just knew I needed to say stay on something that God could lead that a Christian record label wouldn't understand. You yeah. know, so we went all in, and all our every year my wife's like, "Don't aren't we selling records? Don't we have don't we have money?" I'm like, "Well, I spend it on the next one." You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. always just investing yeah. if I don't have a label to back things. So, sure. but we have a lot of throughout the years we developed a good f fan base, if I could say the word, sure. so that we do crowdfunding. You know, yeah. we run it as a as a for profit. So when yeah. Israelis ask me what I do, I'm a professional singer. Yeah. What are you saying? Well, I'm a Jew that believes in, in Jesus and yeah. I live on the sea, in the Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. And then they look me up like, oh, this many views. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it, and yeah. it's always it's always a great conversation, you know, uh, starter. So sure. so then what is so if somebody wants to support what you're doing? I mean, we're in this digital age. Yeah. And it's you know Spotify, it's YouTube, it's all these different platforms yeah, yeah. and things like that. What is what is the best way to support? 
you know you in your music? Well, for me, I, I don't want to end. I don't want ever to end at Joshua Aaron. You know. Sure. Uh, so, so for me, if they download and if they share my music, that's great. Or, yeah. or that's, that's, I, that helps. But we have a nonprofit called Gather the Nations. So we want to help equip the next generation, um, not to become the next generation. Because I'm not really a good teacher, but I, I do believe in the idea of networking, a kingdom-based level of networking. Um, and I believe Israel is still called to the nations. Yes. So, so we, our first uh, conference we're doing in Dallas uh, on the Feast of Trumpets called Gather America. Okay. Um, and then next year we're doing Gather Africa. Um, and to, we're celebrating the Feast of Trumpets together Wow! Uh, in Frisco, Texas, North Dallas. And who are you gathering together? So you're equipping the next generation of musicians or? Yeah, well right now this is just a, a worship festival. Okay. So this is just kind of gathering the, the believers together. Okay. Um, but but the, undergird, we're, the undergirding, we're starting a music school in Kenya. Um, wow. And we already sent, you know, 12 instruments to them and we're just, we're doing a, writing a, a basic curricula, curriculum for them to learn dig digitally, so we're not going to fly to every place. So it's something that's replicable. Aaron Schust is a part of it as well. Yeah. He's my best, my best buddy, and he's you know he's a music. He went to school to be a music teacher. Like he's oh. not just a so, famous. So Christian he is singer. a teacher. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I call him my chief musician. You know, uh, but yeah. So so we really want to. We but, but through the lens, not of the West, because the West God has blessed the West. The music in the West is beautiful. Sure. But I believe that God's given a sound to every nation. Mm. I don't believe. That cultures need to act Jewish. I need to like they don't need to sing our songs. Sure. This is our style. Sure. And in, in other words, in in Mongolia, they've got a beautiful sound and a culture that God's given to them. They should not have to sound like Bethel, which which is a beautiful sound. It's it in is. the West. Absolutely. And they don't have to sound like us either. But if they're going to sound like somebody, hey, why don't why don't you start from where it began? Yeah. You know, why don't you learn some Hebrew songs as well? So it's it's something that we're going to see grow throughout the years. And people always approaching me, asking me. For information, so we want to start on the worshiper level, not the worship leader level. Some people think, "How can I become a worship leader?" Don't even think that. I started as a worshiper, and that's I wanted good, to lead worship word, yeah. wherever I could. I wanted to sing about him <laughs> since I was five years old, wherever I could. The worship leader should never be the goal. The worshiper should always be the goal. Yeah. With God, wherever He is, no matter who's with you. Yeah. And if you're going to be a worship leader, then God will reveal that. It took me a decade. Yeah. to realize I was going to be a worship leader or worship to lead people in it, you know. Yeah. So we want to raise up people as worshipers like like David driving the demons yeah. from Saul, you know. You know, it, it's interesting too because uh, right now um, we've been promoting this 21 days of prayer and fasting with the Isaiah 62 So beautiful, fast. wow. Well, and, you know, I'm, I grew up Methodist mm -hmm. and then ended up kind of in the Messianic movement for like the last nine years or so. And uh, I'm very thankful for all of this that I've had in the past, but it's like God adds layers on top of things for, it's almost like a gift to us, right? Yeah. So uh, the IHOP uh, kind of model of prayer and prayer houses, there's like Sukkot Kahalel there yeah, in, yeah. in Jerusalem and just this 24 hour seven prayer, like there's a time in my past where like you would tell me people are praying for 24 seven and I've heard it before, yeah, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds yeah. awful. Yeah. Well now I've been going and praying for Israel with other people that are doing the same thing. And like, just worshiping and praying. Mm -hmm. All I want to do is like, I want to go like, wh what time are they going to be open again? Like, yeah. when can I get back in there yeah. to go in, and do that? You know, yeah. just to worship the Lord, especially with other believers, you yes. know, in that model. And so that's, I think, to my own personal experience, to your point, become a worshiper yeah. first, you know? I mean, yeah. that's, that's an important piece. Yeah, and I, I, I'm blessed to have some good mentors and good brothers. Like, Paul Wilber's been a good brother. Don, Mel Don Moen's been a good mentor oh, of mine yeah. as well. And I've kind of hunted him down. I really feel like I was called to be 
to shadow him a bit to see how God uses him. Because God used him. He's not trying to chase the the, the industry. Sure. He's just staying in his lane and being a spiritual father in it. You know, God. Paul Wilber as well. You know, so um, yeah, just trying to to be used by God in the proper the proper way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so for those people that, you know, feel like, you know, they get to know you through your music and through the, the content that you put out, um, and they want to support what you're doing with Gather the Nations, yeah. what is, how can they, they find that? How do they support that? Where would yeah. they go? Just go to gatheramerica.org. Okay, gatheramerica.org. Yeah. Or gatherthenations.org. I pretty much own every gather you can think of. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, uh, we're based out of Tampa Bay, and... Um, the, there's a two-gather event this uh -huh. coming Sunday where 50 churches have canceled their Sunday services and they're all gathering I in one place. I just heard about this from somebody here. It was me. It was oh, me. it was you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I was telling Some you. weird guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some weirdo. <laughs> and <laughs> it's incredible because, you know, we've, we've got, you know, 50 churches that canceled their Sunday services. And if you know That's pastors, wild. just getting pastors together to me can be sometimes difficult. It shouldn't be, right? Yeah. We, we should all be working together as a kingdom, right? And, and it's the, the, the current mantra is about the, the big C church. And I'm trying to be like, no, it's about the big K kingdom. We're, we're starting to bring, yeah, you know, this, this kingdom of God focus. Which, um, is, which is kind of an unprecedented, unprecedented era we're living in. Right. This stuff wouldn't have happened 20 years ago. Yeah. So right. it's beautiful. This is beautiful. It is. It is beautiful. And, and the people that are, are leading it, um, you know, at least from my perspective at this point, have a pure heart. And they're doing a great job of stewarding it, bringing people from different denominations and multiple expressions of, of faith in Messiah to come together just yeah. to worship and pray, you know, beautiful. Uh, in a service. Beautiful. And it sounds like it's right in line with what you're doing. So, so and if they want to come to the event, it's in Dallas when? Uh, September 14 to 16. And so that's this year. So then yeah. 14 to 16. We already have 2,400 people said they're coming. So this do you want more? <laughs> I technically, I don't, I actually told, I, I hired a team. We have no money, like for our budget. But we will. God, yeah. this is how I roll. Sure. I'm scaring. My team's afraid. But I just, this, I've just seen God provide before. Sure. Um, because we're building an infrastructure for a, a, an organization that's going to last a long time. Not yeah, just, this, yeah, but this yeah. is our first conference, and so all of it's in one clump of time to, to yeah. do so much. Um, but yeah, we, we, I was hoping for about a thousand the first year, but then I just soft, we have soft signups and actual signups start in, in a couple of weeks. But yeah, 20, I think almost 2,500 people have signups that are coming. So, so. gatheramerica.org, mm -hmm. people can go, and right now. And they can find out about it as well there. And they can give to they it. They can though. give as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God. Which I'm not afraid to ask now, because it's, it's not about me. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is a good cause, yeah. bringing people together to worship I, the Lord. There's a reason why in the Bible, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a tithe preacher. Sure. But there's three tithes in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not just, you know, when the pastor says we're going to tithe, like, which one are you talking about? Yeah. Is this the tithe for the poor? Is this the tithe for the, 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 the temple, you know? Yeah. Or is this the festival tithe once yeah, every three years? Yeah, like a party. Because God wants us to get, to get together for, for a reason, and I yeah. think, especially when it's actually to celebrate his feast and a feast, a foreshadowing feast, a feast yeah. of trumpets. Messiah's coming back, yeah. and just like you guys are getting together, these, these fifty churches, he said. Fifty churches. Yeah, this is this is a representation of coming. He's coming back for one bride. So us coming together in these last days right. is imperative. Right. So for us, we want it to be a little bit more Israel-led. Yes. So we'll have a whole Friday Israel delegation coming mm -hmm. from Israel. Oh, Shiloh yeah. Ben Hod, Yaron Cherniak, who plays with me all the time. Yeah, yeah. And Francis, an Arab Christian brother from Haifa, is coming as well. Okay. So there's going to be a cool. Don Finto is going to be one of the main speakers. Papa Don, like a, uh, the father of Christian, Michael W. Smith's pastor. He's okay. the father of CCM music, yeah, pastor of yeah, him. Yeah. He's been a mentor of mine as well. So 
all these mentors I now mentioned, I hunted them down, these sure. poor guys, because yeah. I just want to make sure I'm in line with the word and I can be accountable to somebody, you know, yeah, so, yeah. so we're excited. That's good. Yeah. That's a good word. Well, I'm, thank you. Yeah, man. I'm honored to see what you're doing, brother. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. praise God that, uh, that you came and sat with us today. Thank you so much. Um, you. you know, so again, I just want to, I don't want to belabor the point, but uh, it's gatheramerica.org, yep. O-R-G at the end. Uh, I think it's worth it. Uh, if you, if somebody wanted to just send you guys some love, they, you have joshuaaron.tv. Yeah, you can right? sign up for my email. I send an email to everybody, joshuaaron.tv. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, bless you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Shalom.